Let's talk now about COVID-19 mitigation. Attorney Thomas DeVore uh, joining us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Tom, thanks for taking time. Uh, and I, you know, let's get into it. Um, you've got your hands uh, in a lot here when it comes to challenging the governor's orders. Uh, yeah, you've... Greg's expecting his commission check, by the way, too. But yeah. that's all right. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll donate that to, to charity. Um, so uh, tell us what's going on. You've had uh, you know a couple of cases this week um, that uh, had different types of out comes uh i guess let's start with what happened with the uh the the establishment in thayer yesterday with a temporary restraining order uh shot down by uh a sangamon county judge right and 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 preface to that greg it's important that for some reasonable amount of time now this is not even about governor's executive orders anymore i think across the state for the most part almost everyone universally recognizes whether or not he can write an executive order and like put it on a piece of paper. There's no teeth to any of those things. There's not a business owner that I deal with right now that cares anything about executive orders. This has been now relegated down to county and municipal issues, and they're not that broad spread, Greg. If you go across the state, there's only really three counties that are even making any effort to try to, you know, force people to do something like no indoor dining. And there's a handful of cities. Sangamon County is one of them, city of Springfield. And again, it's Sangamon's one of three counties, really. And so what happened yesterday, it's, it's an interesting legal issue, and it's one that we're going to take the appellate court, because to me, this issue is probably more important than the governor's executive order stuff. Well, and, 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 and I want and you to th- touch on that because uh, you, you've uh, been hammering on this idea of the Illinois Public Health Act and how it's um, uh, not necessarily being followed as it should be. Instead, people right. seem to be just going to uh, the governor's executive orders. From your understanding, how should, uh, like a business you represent in Thayer, uh, Bruisers, right, uh, how should they be treated uh, under the law as you understand it before all this COVID stuff started happening? Well, and that's what I'm getting to, and this is the unique issue that I think the people need to pay really close. It's, a, it's an easy conversation to have. The Illinois Department of Public Health Act says that if you're going to make a business premises off limits to the public, that you have to follow these procedural rules. It's quite clear, and I can tell you overwhelmingly, almost every county follows that. Yesterday in court, the court, the judge, and I respect what she said, I disagree, but I respect it, took the position that suspending somebody's food license and telling them you can't serve is not tantamount to making their premises off limits to the public. Because what what Gail O'Neill's trying to say is, look, you can still do curbside and carry out. You just can't let people come and sit down and eat or drink, I guess unless you got enough windows that appeases her. But the court said that that restriction of saying nobody can come inside and sit, but you can still let them take it out, is not tantamount to making your premises off limits to the public. I adamantly disagree. I think every person that just is not a lawyer that uses common sense will disagree and say that doesn't even make any sense. You're telling people they can't come in and sit down, but you're not really closing me down. I mean, that issue right there, Greg, is the most important issue of the day. It exceeds the governor's 
executive power. I don't even. I've moved on from well, it. We'll and deal it, with it. But think about that, Greg. Well, think and that, and that. again, yeah. I mean, it's 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 being enforced now. Uh, the governor's orders weren't necessarily being enforced months ago when you were challenging them. Now we see on a local level that is being enforced. No, um, I, I, I would just, I disagree with you, and I need you to be specific about this. His executive orders are not being enforced. Right, yeah, I guess they're county-level orders that were imposed by county officials, uh, and those are what's being enforced. Not not necessarily even that. What's happening in Sangamon County is Sangamon County is using their food ordinance. It's got nothing to do with executive orders or any of that stuff. They're using their food ordinance to say that if you let people come in and sit down and and eat and drink – we're going to suspend your food license because we believe it's a danger under the Food Handlers Act. It's an absurd proposition. And again, the court, what it said, and again, we're going to appeal. If i got to go to the United States Supreme Court, I will. What the court said is that that use of the food handler's license doesn't violate the Department of Public Health Act mandatory guidelines because they're not really – closing them down or making them off limits to the public. They're just telling them they can't serve the goods and services that they provide. And I'm standing there almost laughing, going, it's the same thing. And the court says, well, no, not really, because they can still do curbside and carry out. So uh, that novel... Well, is it, is, right it the food, is it the food handling or just where the public's able to eat it? Because, I mean, if you're with your wife and you go get some curbside, you're still going to eat it with a mask off, regardless if you're inside a restaurant or if you're, you know, at home. Um, but well, the, the, food, exactly the, food, the, the food hand, the food handler is still the one that's handling the food at the establishment. You are exactly correct. You can see the fiction that's going on. The food, the food handling does not change whether you're doing curbside or carryout. This is an absolute fiction to force indoor dining closure. It has nothing to do with food handling, etc. But again, the judge, I respectfully disagree, says, well, they're not really closing them down and making their business premises off limits. I'm like, yeah, I guess people can still walk in and pick up their food. So we're going to have to go to the appellate court and ask them, is this suspension or threatened suspension of their licensure to where they can't serve anything? Are we going to allow them to do that to force the closure of these premises when the law otherwise would require them to to satisfy some very stringent requirements. And, well, that, and it's not, that's the issue. And it's not just one business. It's uh, you know a blanket prohibition of sorts with uh, financial penalties being handed down by uh, public health officials. Uh, we're talking with Thomas DeVore, Chris Murphy in the newsroom with a question. Hey, Attorney DeVore, uh, you represented Keith there, obviously, with Fox Run. He's closed his restaurant. Your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And I can tell you more of that is coming. You know, Keith had to close his restaurant because this care- a lot of businesses, this curbside and carryout creates a completely economic disaster for them. And with, again, I can't speak about Keith's situation specifically, but let me give you generally what's happening. A lot of these places, especially bars, I mean, can you think about a bar having carryout? It doesn't even make any sense. Most of their liquor licenses don't even allow it. But these restaurants, not like fast food chains that aren't conducive to carryout, their business model is, is at a loss when this happens. And so a lot of these businesses like these have over the course since March been operating in these diminished capacities. They've run out of the ability to sustain that. And so Keith closed because indoor, without indoor, it, it, he's losing. And so there's tons of those businesses. And I can tell you, this continues. You've not seen anything yet. You've not, and with Miss O'Neill and the health department now playing this ruse, 
of, well, we're not making you off limits to the public. We're just telling you you can't serve anything unless you let it make your premises off limits. And by off limits, meaning nobody can come in there and sit down, but I guess they can walk in and get pick something up. I mean, but yeah, Keith having to close his business at Fox Run is because for an overwhelming majority of of restaurants, that carry out model is an absolute loser. And the only reason they are even doing it, most of them, is to try to keep their people employed because the holidays are coming. But those business owners as a whole are not making any money. They're losing money when they're doing that, again, for the most part, under your traditional type of restaurant structures and not a fast food joint. Fast food joints don't care. Attorney Thomas DeVore with us on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Uh, real quick, kind of rapid-fire questions here. Uh, has Bruisers had any COVID-19 outbreaks, uh, to your knowledge? No. And can I say something to you about this, Gregory? This is very important. Bruisers has never had one. I, you remember the report that was in the paper uh, that they put out trying to scare people where there was 186 cases of bar and restaurants, almost 18 percent, in Sangamon County trying to say that's why we're beating on this industry. Do you it, was, remember it, was that? Like, it was like a difference between uh, one chart they put out uh, was, was outbreaks. The other chart that they put out was exposures, I believe. The exposures chart had 1,059 positive cases. And 186 of them, 17.5-something percent, which was the biggest category from bars and restaurants. you remember that report? I do, and uh, had questions about the timeline of uh, that report, right? When, like, I, what I those numbers the, were from? I have seen the source data. Let me give it to you. This is important, please. First and foremost, of those 186 cases, zero of them came from bruisers. Of those 186 cases, they're from the period of July through October. And I can send this to you, but let me tell you what it says. Of the 186 cases, Greg, this, they're broken down into two categories. We potentially think they caught it there, or we're pretty certain they caught it there, okay? 116 of the 186 are in that, well, we potentially think they might have caught it there. But they're telling the public that it's a bar and restaurant case, but their own data says we're not sure. Of the other 70 remaining cases that are in this category where we think we're pretty sure, 24 of them were employees that work there that have nothing to do with the patronage coming in and out. So that leaves 46 of 186 where they believe it was from somebody coming there and eating and drinking at the restaurant, and we're reasonably certain it happened. 46 of 186. But they put reports out to the people of Sangamon County saying that 186 people caught the coronavirus uh, is the biggest category in bars and restaurants. And only 46 of them even remotely fit that category. And you could question how they know that. But 46 of 186, 116 of them, they even admit in their own data that they don't know for certain. Tom, uh, that is snake oil. Just a, just a couple of quick questions here. Um, that $1,000 bounty of sorts you put out uh, for getting a oh picture of uh, Governor Pritzker's family in Florida. Uh, have you paid that out at all? Well, one, I want to clarify that. The $1,000 that I offered for footage from a journalist to take a picture of the governor should they see him out celebrating with friends and family. Friends and family being a generic term, I don't even know. I didn't know he had kids until I put that out. Somebody said, well, he's got kids. I said, okay, I don't care about that. But, no, I didn't pay it out because, again, you know, I was looking for the governor. I wasn't looking. Bounty, he using the word bounty, trying to create theater out of that. It wasn't bounty. But, no, it. I didn't get paid out. And, and then finally here, um, just respond if you could within a minute. Uh, critics who say you just need, you, you need to stop doing what you're doing, you're a detriment to you know, the public health, and uh, uh, you're, you're losing case after case after case, and you should just give up. Uh, if they think that th any of this is going on is about winning or losing lawsuits, the people that say that 
need to consider if they're as intelligent as they think they are. This is not about a winning and losing lawsuits. If I want to win lawsuits, Greg, and that's the goal and not to protect people, I'll go into the federal court. It'd be a lot easier. But I'm not going doing that right now. This is not about cases. Anybody that says that, they can come to my office and look at the hundreds of letters and emails and correspondence that I get from people that tell me they've, I've saved their life and their families because they have a job. These lawsuits, two or three or four or five of them, fail in comparison to the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of business owners that are open right now across this state and able to feed their families because of this. That's what I'm in this fight for. I'm not in this fight to win lawsuits. I'm in this fight to help people survive. And so the critics who think that this is about lawsuits, again, they they need to have a little bit of humility because they're not as clever as they think they are. Thomas DeVore, thanks so much for taking time with us this morning on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Thank you, sir.